Welcome to episode number 11 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We're in a series based on my book entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Today's topic will be, Give to be Debt-Free. Let's pray. Father, I pray your blessing would be upon this teaching today. I pray that the individuals who are listening in, Father, would receive something very special from you, Father. Pray your anointing would come down and the Holy Spirit would be in charge of everything that's said. We'll give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. This will probably be my favorite chapter in this entire series. Now, forgive me, I may say that again for another chapter, but quite frankly, I thoroughly enjoy speaking on the issues of giving to be debt-free. Every time I get the opportunity to speak on giving, something wonderful happens inside of me. It's difficult to explain, but I get a feeling something miraculous is about to happen. Someone will be set free from the fear of giving. Someone will, be see, will see how giving is the action they need to take in order to receive a blessing from God. However, I understand this episode may not be very popular to everyone. At first, I was not sure I would even bring it up or even make this an episode, but I believe I would be robbing people of their opportunity to get debt-free. Giving is a premise that God has established ever since he gave his son and even prior to that. We serve an amazing God who loves to give and give and give. Let me share with you the story of how I became fascinated about the power of giving and also how it actually hit my heart to realize that that was a requirement that I had and something I know that God wanted to use to bless me and my family. We had an evangelist who came to our church and he was speaking on a subject totally different than money. I was a relatively new Christian, but I probably had accepted Jesus only for three or four months. And the first thing that I thought about when I went to church was, well, the only reason they want me here is because they want my money. They want me to give. They want me to give of my finances. And why is that preacher up there yakking about money? I bet he drives a nicer car than I did, or I bet he has a nicer home that I've got, or whatever excuse that I would use. And Quite frankly, as true, that's those are the things that I complained about, which is similar to what some people struggle with today. Well, he was preaching this incredible message on something that inspired me, and he was talking about missions and about reaching out across the world. And then right in the middle of it, this evangelist stopped, and he said, I can't go any further because the Holy Spirit is telling me that I need to address someone in here who is struggling with the idea of giving their finances to the Lord. Then he went on to say, I'm sure that when you come to church, you're thinking, well, they always preach about money and all the thing they care about is that I give everything that I've got to them and they want me to go broke. And you know, he was, it was like he was speaking to me. He was telling me things that I had in my mind, my thoughts, and I know the Holy Spirit, looking back on it now, that the Holy Spirit was speaking through him to me to open up my eyes to the wonders and the blessings of being a giver to the work of the Lord. My wife now had been praying for a number of months that since we're new Christians and we've given our hearts to the Lord, we should now commit totally to the Lord and one area would be to put God in our finances first. She believed in tithing was good and giving was good and I didn't necessarily agree with her. I would drop $10 in the offering or 20 once in a while and figure that's enough. But then as the night went on and uh, this man inspired me greatly in a lot of different ways. But I went home that night and after the service when my wife and I were talking at home, I said, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and 
convinced me and convicted me of my need to surrender our finances to the Lord. So if you're comfortable with it, honey, if you're now comfortable, I was kind of half hoping she wouldn't be comfortable, but I said, if you're comfortable, I think we should start tithing and start giving 10% of our income to the work of the Lord here and just put God in charge of our, charge of our finances and just see how things go from there. She, of course, was excited and happy and said, I'm so pleased that you feel that way because that's how I believe and I know that God will bless uh, our marriage in many, many ways. So let's just put God first in our finances and whatever we make, we'll take out and give to him right up front and bless him because his word tells us now that if we give to him, he'll pour out a blessing we can't contain. And so, of course, she was already equipped. She'd been praying about it. She knew what the scripture said. She is more prepared than I was. So I'm gonna challenge or maybe just encourage some of you out there, if you have a partner in your marriage who doesn't want to tithe, who feels that giving to the Lord is just simply not necessary or giving of your finances, I want you to receive this blessing today. Today, let your attitude about giving change and allow the word of God to speak to you so that you can receive the full blessings of God in your finances and accomplish your goal of becoming debt-free. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We've all heard that. Well, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us begin to put him first in all of our decisions and put him at the top of our list when it comes to our finances. Okay, now let's move on to kind of a different way of looking at giving. When I discuss finances with people, with couples, when I'm counseling them or individuals who come to me and want me want to discuss the issues of giving, a lot of folks think that giving means that God is just asking them for something, that God always wants something. He always wants something more. He wants us to commit more of what we have and what we have uh, have the ability to do. And so they're, they get concerned and frustrated thinking that they're just being asked constantly to give and to give and to give and wonder if they'll ever get anything back. Well, let, let's think about our God and think about how he gives. He has given us eternal life with his son, Jesus. We serve a God whose concept about life is to give to us. He desires to increase us in our health, in our finances, in great relationships. He's given instructions throughout his word about the blessings of giving. Let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It reads this way. Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, which means that you give out, it will be measured back to you. That scripture builds a foundation for whatever we give and how much we give into it, whether it be finances of our, or our time or our interest, our pre preparation, Whatever we put into something, we're going to get that much back. Even we're going to get a greater return than what we put into most things. So and understand that giving is the beginning of receiving. Now, I understand that giving or tithing does not necessarily make sense to a non-believer. To those who have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ and made him Lord of their life, the thought of giving 10% of their income to their church may seem a little ridiculous. So, Let's not operate according to the world's plan for finances. The world would tell you, get and keep it. I remember as a, a young man, when I started making some decent money and investing, and a broker sent me a letter and he said, 
My goal for you is for you to make as much money as possible and to keep all of it and build your wealth and focus on your wealth and and that way you'll know the success that you'll have in life. Well, that letter really irritated me. Matter of fact, I called him and said, I really don't want to do business with you because my focus is not to just get as much as I can and keep it and not help anyone else. You know, if we really think that the, the, the measure of our success has to do with the amount of money in our bank account, we are sadly mistaken and totally misled. You know, we have to go back to the premise of giving and realize that God has done nothing but give to us from the day that he created the heavens and the earth. He gave us the water that we drink and the air that we breathe. He's given us life. He's given us an amazing country to live in, an amazing world to live in, and he has given us a plan for salvation. He has given us instructions through his word on how to live properly and how to be successful in life in everything that we do. God has given us this concept of giving uh, and a lot of people struggle with the concept of giving to him first in order to receive but don't let don't let yourself be robbed of the blessings of God by holding back uh, from what you have because when you think about it everything that you have came from the Lord the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord it also tells us that God is our source so if God is our source and we decide not to bless his work uh, throughout the world or through our local church and our community, then we are we are basically taking away from our source. It'd be like having a plant and not giving it water. If we give it water, it'll grow. So if we give back unto the Lord, it'll be blessed, as it said, pressed down, shaken together, and be running over. That running over means that we'll have an abundance for every good work and an abundance in our own personal finances. We must never forget that we can never outgive God. No matter how much we give, there's no way in the world we can outgive God. It's sad to say this, but but most Christians do not trust God with their money. From, from my experiences as a banker for nearly 15 years in lending to churches and helping churches obtain financing, I discovered something that was really shocking that, that significantly less than 10% of the people who are Christians uh, pay their finances of 10% a month uh, to the Lord, to the work of the Lord. They say that in reality, probably less than five or six percent of the people in the entire country actually give 10% of the income that they have to the work of the Lord. Yet, 100% of God's people want the blessings of God in their finances. Let me just kind of wrap up this comment about the 10% thing, and that is, if I have a certain amount of money and I give away 10% of it to the work of the Lord, that means that God has left me 90% to work with. I have discovered in my own life, and my wife and I both have, that that when we have that 90% left over, we're able to accomplish more with that 90% than we were with the 100%. And and I can, t- I can I can give you lists and lists and lists of names of people who have uh, had that same experience in their life. They seem to be smarter, they seem to be better stewards of their finances, and seem to be blessed more with the 90% that they have when when they kept the entire 100% of their income. Now, I believe it's wonderful when the Holy Spirit speaks to us to give and that little still quiet voice inside encourages us to give financially to the Lord. And that's what he did to me when that evangelist was speaking at our church. And most Christians want to give. I believe that, but they don't know how to start. 
and, and some people will teach a premise that I totally disagree with. Some will tell us to start tithing by just simply giving money immediately today and ignoring your debts and your obligations. Well, I totally disagree with that concept. That idea to me is totally unfair and does not speak very highly of our character. What they're saying is to ignore your current obligations. That means your written promises to pay. I tell you, that's just not the way Christians should operate. As Christians, the world looks at our character very closely. Now, deciding to give your money to the church instead of paying our debt is a poor witness. I believe that God will help us to do better than that. Matter of fact, let me suggest that we can not only become a tither, but we can also pay our bills and honor our word to those who we owe money to. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us about giving, the game plan is not for us to go broke and to go bankrupt. Matter of fact, the game plan is for us to prosper and to be blessed in everything that we put our hand to. I believe that's God's plan, and I know that that'll happen in yours if you put him first in your finances. Now, let me give you some things that we must do when the Holy Spirit speaks to us about giving. If we really want to give, we can, period. Most people are able to become givers within a few weeks. If they'll just look at their finances and see where they're spending their money, they can figure out a way to start a plan of giving. It will open up a lifetime of financial freedom and eventually debt-free living. Now, here's a couple of suggestions on how to become a giver or a tither or a giver of offerings. Number one, set up an expense plan. And, and review that plan, you know, at least once a month and, month and see if it's operating properly and if it's working for you. If not, adjust it. This plan will show you where your money is going. Number two, review your list of expenses and determine now if you're spending your income the best way possible. Let me give you an example of someone who wanted to tithe, wanted to give, wanted to put God first in their finances, but just couldn't seem to figure out how to make it happen. They came into my office and it was like a couple, I believe they were probably in their 40s, close to 50 years of age. And they said, Pastor, I've been reading. And they said uh, what the word of God says, how he wants to bless us. And we'd, we'd like to put God first in our finances and then step into the realm of him directing us instead of us making all the decisions. So they said, but we just can't see any way that we can tithe. I can't remember how much money they were making and that really doesn't matter. But they said, 10% uh, just seems nearly impossible. So I said, well, let's take a look at your finances, look at your budget and see what you can do. And, and if you really wanna do it, that'll be wonderful. Now you don't have to tithe to be saved. You don't have to tithe in order to go to heaven. I'm, I Please don't think that's how I feel. But if you really want to line up your finances according to the word of God, then that's what, you'll, that's what you, we should all be doing. So this couple sat down and we made a list of their expenses and the, the two of them got together and they actually started looking what maybe they could cut here and maybe they could cut here. But then they got into stuff that, that seemed to me to be a little bit uh, luxurious in the things that they were doing. And those seemed to be crucial to them, very important to them. Well, we quickly identified 10% worth of spending that could be changed or modified or reduced in some way. And, and they agreed. They sat down and, and said, you know, you're right. I, I believe we could make those changes. So it wasn't a matter of an hour that this couple found a way to put God first in their finances and established a certain amount of money that they wanted to give each and every month. 
Since then, their finances have prospered and grown. Their marriage has gotten stronger. And the thing that I liked about it is that they were able to communicate about their finances to one another. The, the area of communication with couples and giving of their finances and how they spend money uh, is, is a big subject. It's one that has become significant. Matter of fact, many people say that the top one of the top five areas of marital failure today is uh, comes in the area of financial failure so i would encourage you to married couples to get together look at your finances determine your spending and put god first in the area of your finances when we put god first then we open up for ourselves a realm of blessing that we can't even imagine or even think. The other day in church, I can remember the pastor asking us to give a certain amount of money for a commitment to uh, to build something that we call Kingdom Builders. It's a group of people who give a commitment uh, above their tithes to help the church expand or maybe make repairs or uh, acquire things that they need to keep services running well, whatever it might be. There's a lot of needs that a church has, and, and the church congregation is the one that has to provide the, the finances to take care of it. I was used to tell my church about all the exciting plans that we had, that we were going to build a gymnasium, and we were going to buy more land, and that we were going to build a football field, and we were going to do this, and going to do that, and do this, and they'd all excite, get excited and, and applaud and whatever. And then I would uh, stop and say, I'm so, I'm so happy that you're, you're, you're so happy, and that you're so excited about what's about to take place, and all this new plans. And the reason I'm so happy is that you're all the folks who are going to have to pay for it. That kind of changed the attitude a little bit, but they still applauded and still laughed and realized that that's true. It's the people of God who are going to have to build the, the kingdom, help build the kingdom of God. When, when it comes to giving, let's not put limits on the Lord. And, and let's not tell ourselves that if we give, we'll not be able to do anything else, that we won't be able to have nice things. You, you know, we serve a God without limits. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, the New King James Version reads this way, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now from this passage, from this scripture, we, we can see that the Lord has thoughts and ways for us to prosper financially. So, so let's yield to his ways. Why don't we start doing things his way instead of our way? Where you are financially today is the sum total of all the things that you've done, maybe your way. And so let's turn it over and put God first. Let's yield to him and establish giving and just test the Lord. That's what he says we can do that in Malachi. And test the Lord to see how his ways will pour out a blessing they will not be able to even contain. All right, we must decide to become a giver to the work of the Lord because and enjoy it and look forward to it. Matter of fact, I can remember for years, I started doing something that I thought, I wonder if the congregation will like it or not, but it'd be time to take the offering up. And I would ask uh, everyone, you know, the guys to bring up the old buckets because we used to use those. We don't use them as much anymore, but they would bring the buckets up and I would say, it's time to receive our tithes and offerings. And I got to where the church would start applauding and, and there would be this wonderful applause that would take place because the people knew that by giving to the work of the Lord, they were blessing the work of the Lord. They were reaching out in ways that they couldn't do on their own. Now, I'm sure visitors probably thought this must be the craziest bunch of people that they've ever been around. 
they're actually applauding when it comes time to take the offering. They might be thinking, this is a very sad time. This is a time when we should all kind of re be in, in agony and, and fear, but in reality, it's a time to rejoice. It's a time to be thankful that we can participate in the work of the church. You know, in our church services, we, we really need to get excited about the benefits of giving and understand that God established the church with his gift of his only son. We, we can't all sing our songs and get excited and I surrender all and God all to thee I give and then hold back in one of the most, one of the very important areas of church the needs that the church has and we can't all be the worship leader or the preacher or go overseas to start a mission but but we can all decide to give we need to look forward to opportunities to give we need to look forward to the offering time at the church. And I know, I realize that many, many churches no longer have an offering time. And I think they're missing something. It kind of reminds me of the time that my wife and I went to Washington, D.C. And we went to a church that was just so exciting and so much fun. It was a, a black congregation. And I think my wife and I were the only two Caucasians in the whole church of about a thousand people. They were dressed awesome and they were enjoying church. And it was a great time. And the, the pastor got up and he says, it's time to receive the offerings of the Lord. And the entire congregation stood to their feet and applauded and got excited. And he said, let's bring our offerings unto the Lord. And these folks came down the aisles and they were singing and dancing a little bit, not crazy, but just really enjoying the, the, the blessing of being able to give to the Lord. And the pastor was up there and he was rejoicing. And so was the congregation. It was a fun time, a joyful time. It really lifted my spirits and lifted my heart. And my wife and I walked out of there thinking, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. I guess you could say one of my goals in this lesson today is for people to receive a blessing from the Lord and a desire to bless his work. To, to understand that the first step towards receiving is to give. Give and it shall be given unto you. As a child, I was a greedy little kid. I was never excited about the sight of Christmas where I had to give something, but I love the receiving part of Christmas. But as I grew up, I realized that now <laughs> it was more important to give. And, and the old thing, it's blessed to give, it's blessed to give than, than receive, and, and that's all great. But as a kid, you don't think about that. But now today, as we get older, I, I see most of the people that I know who are past the age of about 30 years of age have kind of got to the point where they're saying, I look forward to giving at Christmas more than even the receiving. And I think that's the joy that the Lord wants us to have when it comes to uh, being a giver. I'd be making a big mistake if I didn't give you a few more scriptures relating to God giving to us. In Romans 5, 5, it talks about, He has given us the Holy Spirit. What, think about it. What greater gift could God give us than the comfort of the Holy Spirit? I know I would not want to live this life on earth without the Holy Spirit, without his direction, his guidance, his love, his concern, the peace that he gives me, and the comfort that he gives me as I face each and every day. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verse 13, And God has given us his Spirit as proof that we live in him, and he in us. There are so many scriptures on giving, you couldn't begin to get them all in this podcast. 
it talks about how God gave his spirit to all of us and he will give us eternal life and he's giving and he he gives generously and 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 then he gives generously to those who don't know him and and he gives the gift of his son and the spirit is a gift of God and the word talks us about about how God gives us gifts because he loves us so very much so remember giving is a wonderful thing giving is the joy of the spirit giving will bring us to a new level of relationship with our lord and savior jesus christ giving will help us in our relationships at home in our families at work if we give our best at work we'll be blessed by it if we give our best to our wife our spouse or to our husband we'll be blessed by it if we give our best to the work of the lord and not just in finances but in praying and and helping and ministering we will be blessed it'll come back to us once again pressed down shaking together and running over let's never be afraid to give let's remember that god loves those who give but he also gives to those that he loves there's a passage in scripture that i thoroughly enjoy when it comes to understanding god's plan for our giving paul wrote about it in second corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 where it says so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity for god loves a cheerful giver we need to enjoy our giving now never forget that we cannot outgive the lord He's given us eternal life through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. When he was crucified on the cross, God looked down and said, I'm giving my son for those who will accept him as Lord and Savior. And so if you've not done that, receive that gift of God of eternal life. And I know that you'll never be the same person once you've surrendered your life to God. When we have freedom to give, we are free financially. Being financially free will bring forth freedom from debt. If you're not tithing to your church or or giving offerings, start today to develop a plan to, to give. You can and you will be blessed and you will be free through your trust in your God. The Bible tells us those the Lord sets free are free indeed. So with that, I'm gonna pray. And as we close out this lesson for today, I'm gonna pray that the Lord will help all of us to understand his plan for giving. Lord, may we step out in faith to give of our finances to our church. This will provide for the needs of others in our community. In turn, you have promised to bless us when we bless others. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to help those in need through the ministries of the local church. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now I want to tell you that that God's plan for you is to bless you and that God desires for you to be debt-free. If you'd like to know where you can find additional information on becoming debt-free, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and I have a book there entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. You may subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our next episode, which I'm pretty excited about, is entitled Financial Success. Now, you might be thinking, wouldn't that be the last title? No, no, we can have steps of financial success all the way through this program. And I want you to look at that. Next next episode, we're going to talk about 
in enjoying, you know, kind of the step-by-step approach to become debt-free and, and measure those little successes one step at a time and, and you'll eventually accomplish your goal of being totally debt-free. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Until next time, I pray God's richest blessing on you.